welcome everybody to Rock Video Rental. And this month we are diving into the awesomely bad. And man, is there really a better way to start it with no other than Troll 2? <laughs> I can't imagine a better movie. I know that you have better experience in this than I do, but just <laughs> I'm nothing comes close in my well, yeah, nothing really comes close. You and I have seen a few others, but this one just is head and shoulders above the rest. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's a definitely a cult classic. Um, I guess before we get started, if you guys have never listened before, I am Brandon, and with me is Caleb. Um, dude, what have you been watching that is anything of note? Anything interesting? Uh, well, things kind of slowed down for me because of uh, March Madness, but that has kind of wrapped up and my team finally got knocked out. Um, I finished The Witcher. Um, as I said, we're canceling Netflix, so I had to get that fixed before I ended. And I actually just saw that they announced today that the filming for the season two wrapped up. Mm. I have no idea what that means as far as like when season two will be ready, but... Yeah, there's that. Um, so then I decided to look at other um, Netflix series that I really wanted to catch up on before I canceled it. And I decided to skip Stranger Things because I've done that multiple times. So I figured I'd hit up Breaking Bad before we canceled the account. Rock. Yeah, I was just thinking of um, Stranger Things today. Like, dude, if they keep delaying that, the kids are going to be like 37 by the time the next season comes out. Yeah. Are they going to have to? Is there a reverse app? You know, that app that makes you look old? Is there a reverse <laughs> app that they could just like make them look like five years younger? They might have to <laughs> at this point. Or do a bunch of camera tricks to make them look short, I guess. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So for me this week, I've been continuing with my Godzilla marathon. Um, last week I mentioned I finished like the entire Showa era. Um, mm -hmm. Now I'm on to the Heisei era, which is like the 80s and 90s movies. Uh, man, I watched Godzilla 1985, also known as Godzilla's Return, or Return of Godzilla, one of those two. Um, then I watched Godzilla vs. Biollante. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, Godzilla vs. Mothra, and Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Um, and then Godzilla vs. Kong came out, so I had to watch that. <laughs> Cock. And I won't spoil anything or give anything away, but I, I thought it was pretty great. Nice. Yeah, um, you told I do want to mention that I watched it before Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Did you message him right away and be like, oh, ah, just start dropping spoilers like crazy? <laughs> Dude, at the one hour mark, blah, 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 blah. Spoiler bomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just, I told him, you know, just a couple of things that weren't really spoilers, just kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, here's one question, though. Mm -hmm. um, is it important to have watched any other movies before watching? Godzilla vs. Kong? Maybe a little. Maybe Godzilla vs. or Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, the, I mentioned before that I have not seen Kong Skull Island, even though I own it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just one of those things. Black Friday, I got it super cheap on Blu ray, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to watch this, and I just haven't got around to doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess a little thing from Godzilla King of the Monsters. A couple things in there. But, but nothing too important. No, not really. You can pick up what's going on with the story. Um, and kind of Stranger Things related, Millie Bobby Brown's in it. Yeah. It's yeah, just original. Ah. And just watching that made me realize that's that's what made me think about Stranger Things. Like, God, if they keep delaying this, like kids are gonna be like like twenty years old because uh she looked a lot older in that than she did in the last time we saw her in Stranger Things. Yeah. But hopefully that gets back on track because I missed that show. Mm-hmm. But do you want to dive right into the craziness and cheesiness? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. You're late. I'm sorry we had a small mishap. Here are the keys. Um, here are ours. Have a nice stay in Milbon. You in our city. Still telling the same story, Josh? of evil are very strong here. I must leave. Goblins don't exist. Goblins don't exist. And remember... Infamous Troll 2 is a 1990 horror movie directed by Claudio Fragrasso um, under the pseudonym of Drake Floyd, <laughs> which was very common for Italian directors, um, especially in this era of 90s and 80s, uh, to use you know pseudonyms. But uh, So the plot for the movie is a vacationing family discovers that an entire town they're visiting is inhabited by goblins disguised as humans who plan to eat them. Uh, please make note of something in that plot saying goblins in a movie is called Troll 2. <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with Troll 1. 
which is an interesting movie within itself. Uh, so the cast for the movie, we got George Hardy as Michael Waits, Michael Paul Stevenson as Joshua Waits, Margot Prey as Diana Waits, and Connie Young as Holly Waits. Uh, there's a few other characters in there, but that's just like the main family that you really need to know. Yeah. Um, I have to mention, too, that at the end of the episode, we will actually have a special message from George Hardy. Uh, we noticed that he was on Cameo, and we decided to reach out to him, and he sent us a message over. Uh, super funny guy, so guys, you can look forward to that. I'll mention it again at the end of the episode. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you familiar with Troll 2, you'll get a kick out of this message. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, did you and I watch this together? Yes, there is. I cannot sure fathom any way that I watched and sat through this entire movie without watching it with someone else. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can only, because I think so. Little brief backstory on Brandon and I: we worked at the same place uh, together for a while after we went to college together, and it was a long commute from where we lived. And when Brandon moved to the job. I'd crash at his place once a week so I wouldn't have to drive like 50 million hours a week. And so it was always a movie night. And I, I swear that was one of the times that we watched this movie. I don't, I don't think it was in college. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it definitely was, uh, when we were working together. Yeah. Uh, Cause this was on Netflix for a long time mm-hmm. and I think that's how we watched it. But, and I watched it once before that. Because I, it popped up on Netflix and I saw it when I when I was in college, and my roommates and I used to like to watch bad movies. And I didn't really know what it was, and then I started researching bad stuff online, and that kept coming up. I'm like, <laughs> man, we might have to watch this. And yeah, it's just one of those movies that you can get together with your friends and laugh at. Um, another one of those that's kind of along the same lines is that we reviewed before was Miami Connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just got yeah, funny line after funny line and just awkward moments and cheesy stuff. But at least that one kind of made sense besides the title. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I mean, I guess this movie at least has like a plot. Where Miami Connection, I don't feel like really even had a plot. Yeah, but like, it's called Troll Two, and there's no trolls. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it's so I don't know, man. We'll we'll get to, we'll uh, get there. Yeah, we'll get to some interesting stuff when we get to the facts. Um uh, so you know, basically the movie starts out is like this family is going um on vacation and they're doing a home exchange where uh you know they go stay at somebody's house and the people that own that house go stay at theirs, which I wasn't even sure was a real thing. Oh yeah. I've heard it. Didn't you ever watch The Holiday or was it whatever it was? I don't think so. Jack Black and who else and whoever, whatever, uh, some girlfriend or whatever made me watch that one time. Uh, no, I've not seen that. Uh, so, you know, they basically go stay at this uh, farmhouse in this tiny little town called Nilbog. <laughs> and um, spoiler alert, Nilbog is goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> <gasps> what? <laughs> oh my god. Oh gosh. So we get um the Waits family. You know, we get the the father, 
played by our buddy George Hardy, um, the mother, the the son, and the daughter. And uh, <laughs> so this movie is so bizarre; it's so hard to explain. Uh, before they get to leave, the deceased grandfather somehow reaches out to the son, and um, the son's like what, like twelve, something like that. He has like a dream where he talks to him, and he's telling him not to go to Nilbog because um, there's vegetarian zombies that want to mutilate him and his family into plants so they can eat them. <laughs> Which is as awesome as it sounds. Uh, so, you know, he tries to warn the family and they're just like, yeah, you're crazy. Uh, and then we get a couple of my favorite scenes. We get, uh, I guess, one of my favorite scenes out of the whole like, bunch of them happens next where... You know, they're taking this car ride <laughs> to the the town and the son's like trying to warm him again and they're just not listening and they're getting like a little irritated with him and the mom like tries to distract the whole situation with like how about you um Michael how about you or Joshua I mean why don't you, how about you sing this that song I like and he's like I don't want to sing and like, come on, just sing the song. And he starts singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's the song that you love that he sings. <laughs> I was like, is he like five? <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, I gotta believe that the only reason they chose that song is because it's free. <laughs> yeah, and it's also because years. it's like a easy unison song and yeah it was yeah the whole family sings it together (sighs) so at the same time we got the daughter's goofy boyfriend and his friends like trying to meet up with him so he can spend time with his girlfriend and it's god it's just like a they're in a an rv (laughs) yeah tracking them down yeah a bunch of you got your your typical like 80s early 90s uh, teenage stereotype guys where they're just you know the the boyfriend is like obsessed with hanging out with his friends and he gets them to come with promises of um, single girls loose single women (laughs) that are going to be there in in droves for them So, you know, they like arrive at the house and, you know, right from the get-go, things are just odd. Um, was it they find out that, like, all the food is just kind of jacked up? <laughs> like, it's rotting and, like, the milk is chunky. and Yeah. It's just a weird place, weird people, weird food. And just would be straight up creepy, honestly, in reality. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, man, I guess, you know, this whole time we're getting like Grandpa Seth showing up in all these like different situations. Like he shows up as a hitchhiker. Um, you know, and later on he shows up in the mirror talking to. Um, Joshua trying to get him to like warn his family and of course no one's listening to him it happens the entire movie 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is a stereotype within itself and a cliche in like these movies. Um, well, then the mo- one of the most infamous scenes is about them eating the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is probably like one of the two famous lines from this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everybody has seen that that clip of the oh my god. I mean, I'll get to that part, but like the first one we get is a classic from George Hardy, <laughs> <laughs> which you know that they, they have like this huge spread of food. And they're all excited to sit down and eat. And Grandpa Seth's, like, talking to Joshua, like, don't let him eat the food. Like, if they eat the food, he'll, um, he'll die. Like, the, then the trolls will, or the goblins will eat them. And uh, so you have to do something. And he's like, I'll give you ten seconds. So, like, he freezes him, like, classic, uh, like, he's, um, and magical. saved by the bell or something. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like he's he's got magical powers, but he can only talk to Joshua. Yeah, Grandpa Zach Morris here. <sighs> um. So he's like, I gotta do something, and then he's like, You know what you have to do? And Joshua sta- like stands up on top of the table and then like unzips his pants. <laughs> and like the next scene is um, Michael, the dad, carrying him. And he's like walking down the hallway and he's like, do you see this writing? Do you know what this means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just one of the classic, I guess, infamous lines from this movie. And it's probably what George Hardy's most known for. And the fact that he just embraces it and loves it, it makes it even better. Oh, yeah. And his delivery, too. That's one of the best <laughs> deliveries in the whole movie. Oh yeah. It's enthusiastic to say the least. Yeah. Well, and then it's just so, it's just so funny because uh, we won't go through the whole scene, but like right after he says that he, he drags uh, the son up to a room on the second floor, essentially yeah. when he's saying that and he puts him in the bed. And then when he does that, he adjusts his belt. Yeah. Well, so, that's right before that. The mom says, "Don't hit him, Michael." <laughs> yeah. And the kid and the son, Josh, was just like, "What are you gonna do, Daddy?" And it's just, it, you go from that. What I feel like is, I don't know how to even phrase it, but that iconic, strong delivery from George Hardy for the hospitality line, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like road stop crash and burn into what are you going to do daddy it just it was such <laughs> an abrupt turn yeah that he says i'm tight my belt one loop so i don't feel hunger pains yeah. and your sister and mother will have to do likewise <laughs> and oh, then he tells him he's like if you want to go through a hunter strike i accept the challenge and he's like but remember when i was your age i did suffer from hunger <laughs> like what Oh man, backstory, <laughs> character backstory. Yeah, there were a couple times that it was very obvious that they were trying to give you back backstory information, and it was not well executed. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we kind of go from that scene to a little bit later. They they show the RV, the 
the '80s bros in it. I say '80s because I mean, I mean, it's early '90s. It came so out in 1990, so yeah, these <laughs> they were definitely '80s. Yeah, uh, you know, they have like promises of of girls that they can hook up with, and um, one guy named Arnold decides he's going to step outside, and he ends up seeing a woman like running through the woods. And he goes and chases after her. And it's like, that whole scene is awkward, too, because I don't know about you, but if I saw, like, a girl screaming and running away, I'd probably, like, call the cops. Yeah. Or, you know, ask, like, what's wrong. And if she just kept screaming and running, I'd be like, oh, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) I'd be like, uh, okay. uh, Instead, he chases her down and then tackles her and then lays on top of her. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's normal. And you know, this is where we get our first look at the first real look of the goblins, I guess, other than like the story that Grandpa Seth says. And man, they look like crap. <laughs> <laughs> the masks are like falling apart and they just yeah, they look awful. Well the I'll... ones get the bug eyes. Yes, yes. That right there. That was the part that was the most difficult where it's just like the ones where you couldn't see their eyes, uh, like it, it gave a little bit of a creepy effect. Mm-hmm. But then the they had that one with the bug eyes. Yeah, it, it, the one with the bug eyes looked like a mask you would get from like Dollar General or something. Exactly. I was like, man, if they just eliminated that one, it would help so much. But they didn't like it was in there. So it's just like another one of those bad things in the movie that just like piles on top of the mountain of bad stuff. Yeah. And that mask really doesn't even look like what I would consider a goblin. It just looks like an old lady with messed up eyes, <laughs> with like Steve Buscemi eyes or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, he's running after her. And she's explaining these are they're trying to kill me and. Um, he gets a spear thrown into him, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> after he tries to be like a hard ass and chase him off. Uh, and from there, he ends up like going into this chapel. And it's, you know, where they encounter like this witch named Credence. Clearwater. <laughs> Good revival. <laughs> uh, so she's got like, uses the magic of like a Stonehenge stone. Dude, Which that made me crack up. Yes. <laughs> instantly gave me flashbacks of Hall- of Halloween 3. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, as soon- I did not make that connection, obviously, because I saw Troll 2 first and then Halloween 3 years later. And now I'm re-watching Troll 2. And I was like, oh my gosh, Halloween 3. <laughs> I know. I never put that connection together until the other day when I watched this again. But uh, so basically she tricks them into drinking like this magic potion and it dissolves like the girl that's with him into like this pile of green goo. And not uh, until after she like falls and stumbles like thirty to forty feet across <laughs> the room and up the stairs to the balcony. Yeah. Oh, and then Arnold's kind of like you can't move, and he's just kind of watching in horror. And this is where we get the other infamous line. Uh. You know, she falls out of like this pile of green bush and all the goblins are just like slurping it up. And he's just watching out in horror and like the camera is on his face for way too long. And there's this random fly on his face. 
<laughs> and he drops the line of, they're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Never ending. Ah. Yeah, just a classic, a classic YouTube video, which, man, I don't even know how many views that has. Over a million for sure. Um, and it's just become like a a gif meme and <laughs> you know pops up on on twitter and facebook a lot uh, so like the next morning the dad and joshua they go to town to buy some food um you know, the store ends up being closed and like they sit and wait for it and, like the dad falls asleep in a chair waiting for the store to open <laughs> <laughs> which cracks me up uh, the Joshua decides he's just gonna like walk around town, uh, and he goes to like this church and hears like this weird sermon where they're talking about the evils of eating meat. Uh, he gets captured like by the people at the church, and um, they're trying to like force feed him like this ice cream. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, and um, like the dad walks in and becomes suspicious. Finally, only slightly suspicious. Though. Yeah, only a little bit. He's like, um, and he like decides to, you know, take um, Joshua back to the house. Uh, gosh, and then we get um, Drew, one of the bros from the RV. He goes to town like trying to find food because they didn't pack any food or drinks in the RV. Uh, and like the sheriff ends up like. The sheriff's name is Gene Freak, which makes me laugh. <laughs> um, he, he ends up like picking him up and taking him. He gives him a green hamburger, and then he like takes him into town. Wait, was it a hamburger or a donut? Um, I think it was a hamburger. It was like some kind of sandwich, I believe. Oh, okay. But um, so Drew goes to the store and he tries to buy like something, and basically all they have is Nilbog milk. Uh, Do you have any coffee? Yeah, it's devil's drink. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any bacon? No. He's <laughs> like, we have milk, milk, and that's it, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he decides to take it. He, you know, takes a drink, and of course, he starts not feeling well. And uh, someone tells him, you know, that his friend Arnold is in the chapel. So he goes after him to find him and he finds Arnold like has been mutated into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, Drew's like trying to get Arnold out of there and then like the witch appears and then she like knocks him out and then cuts Arnold into pieces with the chainsaw. <laughs> Yeah, which they don't really show. Like, that's the end for those two, isn't it? Like, the the last time you see them? Yeah, because, like, Drew dies, but you don't really even see it. Yeah, like, he gets cut up, and then the other guy gets knocked out and, like, thrown on a bed, and then that's it. Like, yeah. you never find out what happens. Right. Um. So, like, they, they, you know, we get back to the house with the family's at, and Joshua's, like, trying to attempt to contact grandpa seth who we talked to in the mirror <laughs> um but apparently like this time before that like grandpa seth talked to the the daughter <laughs> oh yeah that was um 
that was kind of like by accident or something. Yeah, like so he has the ability to talk to other people. So why is he just talking to Joshua? Yeah, I love it where he's just uh, like, oh, my never, my daughter never listened to me when I was alive, and it's just like I'm pretty sure if somebody saw the ghosts of their dad, <laughs> they would pay attention. Yeah, like okay, now you got my attention, old man. Oh gosh. Um. So like then the witch shows up in like goblin form in the mirror and attacks Joshua. Um, but then like Grandpa Seth shows up as like ghost appears and chops her hand off with an axe, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, the the witch like retreats to the chapel, and then she mutates herself into like a beautiful woman. <laughs> Uh, that she like shows up outside the RV and at the same time like the one friend named Brent is watching something on TV and like all of a sudden she speaks through through the TV to him and like seduces him and we get like one of the weirdest scenes ever put in a movie where like involves a corn cob (laughs) and they're like making out with a corn cob and it's really weird (laughs) so weird and then like he gets drowned in popcorn. <laughs> now wait, did now that's another thing too. Like, did he die? Like, I, I think he was supposed to be dead. I, I think, think they, he legit drowned in popcorn. I think they were trying to emphasize that, but like he talks <laughs> right before they kind of cut from the scene. So it's kind of like. Did he die? Or... Yeah, who knows? This movie does not do a very good job of like death scenes, and yeah. I think it's just supposed to be assumed that he did die. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, we get another seat of Grandpa Seth and Joshua talking together, and like Grandpa Seth hands Joshua a bag, and he's like, "Take this. It's a secret weapon." That you can use against the goblins. It's like, do not use it unless you absolutely have to. He's like, and I'll cause a distraction. You can get out of here. And he throws a Molotov cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. And then, like, the priest shows up and, like, captures them. And they get locked inside the house. Uh, He, like, then recites a spell that banishes Grandpa Seth's soul to hell. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then finally, it starts clicking with everybody else. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because what wound up happening is that the um, from the fire and everything, the priest got hit. And then yeah. his body burned. And when they put the fire out, he, the corpse was a goblin. Yeah. And that's how the rest of the family. Yeah, because out. Grandpa Seth summoned a bolt of lightning from the sky. <laughs> yes. Which, dude, oh my gosh. Just, re- like, thinking this, talking about it out loud just makes me realize how wacky this movie really is. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so bad. I mean, I I was going to wait and save this until the end. Usually our movie reviews, we try to keep them, you know, we don't want to cover every scene. We want to keep it relatively brief and talk about the highlights and everything. But we're touching on so many of the scenes and you're just like, oh, my gosh, they're all over the place. It's like, no, this is this is the movie. 
This is seriously the movie. We are going in pretty much the exact order, and this is how bad the movie is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it's one of those movies where you have to cover almost every scene. Um, and man, I'll talk a little bit about the priest. You know who he really looks like is James Brolin, like in the seventies. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. He's he's got like that. I think about um, movies like Amityville Horror, where he had like this huge, thick, dark beard <laughs> and like this poofy hair. And this is like, exactly what this guy looks like. But it's just incredibly uncomfortable. That guy. Yeah, I mean, like he he had one of the better performances like it was still over the top but his was one of the better ones yeah so like during this whole like craziness the family runs to the chapel and they like hold a seance to communicate with grandpa seth um and he returns from the dead and then tells them that he can like come back fully for exactly 10 minutes. <laughs> and that's, you know, he talks about the secret weapon. Um, and then they, you know, Joshua tries to, um, he puts his hands on the Stonehenge stone. And while he's doing this, he gets like the goblins come after him and the witch. And that's when he busts out the secret weapon, which is a double-decker bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that part until I watched it this time. I did, too. Uh, you know, which, like, repels the goblins because, you know, they can't eat meat. And I, I guess that's, like, their kryptonite. <laughs> um, so, you know, they get, they all touch, like, the, the Stonehenge stone. And uh, it, like, fixes everything? Like, they walk into it or something? Well, yeah, they're, like, touching it, and then, like, it somehow repels the goblins by them just touching it? Yeah. So, like, they return home, and then Joshua's mom is, like, eating food from the refrigerator. Um, so, but they don't know that the food has been like poisoned by the family of goblins <laughs> and, um, you know, she turns into like a pile of like green gook basically, but still has boobs and it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mannequin inside slime. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It's like a, like a terribly made, it reminds me of that jello mold from Christmas vacation <laughs> that, um, <laughs> And Edna, or what's her name, Mix? <laughs> oh, gosh. I just expected to see, like, Cousin Eddie there eating it. I sure am enjoying it, Clark. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, like, Joshua just screams, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yes. So, we pretty much covered everything. Um Man, the acting. How about, um, the, how about the acting in it? <laughs> it, like, it, I don't feel like you really get a grasp of how rough it's going to be until, um, 
the girl I can't think of her name um Holly Holly yeah and her boyfriend have their first interaction oh yeah for sure like I remember the acting being pretty rough in this movie but man she was might be the roughest yeah and that's Connie Connie Young played Holly Mm -hmm. Um, she has done other work after this so I'm assuming she probably got better yeah I've been clicking through a lot of these people to see how many acting spots they've had and a lot of them only have like one or two. Oh yeah. So yeah, I um I kind of forgot how bad the acting was too until uh until that part where uh she and her boyfriend interacted. Like there's a little bit before that and I was like, oh you know, it's the acting's not as bad as I remember. It's it's not too horrible. Then that came and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> oh God man, there's so many Oh, just the like way she delivers the lines. Like, don't get me wrong, the writing in this movie might be the worst writing ever of dialogue. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Um, at the one part that really stands out with Holly and Elliot to me is where um they have like a back and forth where she's like, What kind of idiotic joke is this? You scared the shit out of me. And he said, I'm a victim of nocturnal rapture. <laughs> like, who says that? <laughs> I have to release my lowest instincts with a woman, and then she punches him in a groin. Yeah. And then he's like, Are you nuts? Are you trying to turn me into a homo? Like, what? Yeah, I like none of it makes sense. <laughs> none of it makes sense. And that uh documentary that they did, yeah. um, the worst movie best worst movie. Yeah. Um, they talk about some of that and I I think that just piles everything on because this this level of bad would not have happened if and no i have not seen anything else from this director so not saying like he's not capable or anything but there's definitely a barrier to get through when you have a foreign director doing an american film yeah and this was one of his earlier ones maybe his first one and so it was uh, in that documentary they mentioned that he was saying, oh, yeah, this is what teenagers would say. And everybody's just like, what are you talking about? This dialogue does not make sense. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's like if an alien decided they were going to write dialogue for a movie. It's like real people don't talk like this. Um, I saw another movie of his called Night Killer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's also from 1990. It's it's not much better, dude. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, it's like it's a slasher movie, and like the guy's wearing this rubber mask. It kind of looks like Freddy Krueger, but also kind of looks like the guy from Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> okay, uh, it's yeah, uh, another one. There, the acting is just terrible, and the writing's even worse. Uh, I guess maybe some of the more positive acting is, you know, George Hardy. He's not a talented actor, but I can get into that later because he's not even an actor. Yeah. Um, but like kind of charismatic guy, super, super funny and, and like easygoing and nice I get from him. Mm-hmm. And just 
you know, loves he's a people person, you know, after, you know, because we both watched the, the documentary. So you get to see like how he is outside of this movie. And he just loves the fact that he's in this and that people recognize him from it. Yeah. And honestly, like the documentary would not have been the same, maybe not even have happened if he was not the main one of the main actors. Oh yeah. Because um, he made he made that documentary. Oh, I, I'm yeah. not saying he made it, but just like him being the center of it was mm. what made it what uh most interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um and I mean for not being like a trained actor at all, just being a guy that decided he wanted to try to do something in entertainment, um uh, it could have been a lot worse. At least like he had some passion. Mm-hmm. And he like he wasn't completely wooden and boring. He's entertaining to watch, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh the guy that played Grandpa Seth, who is uh Robert Ormsby, wasn't horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh man, I still think that that um Connie Young was probably the worst. Yeah. Well, Grandpa Seth, that was his only movie. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that's kind of a thing, too, where uh, with Connie Young, that was her first movie, too. I don't know. I mean, like, this is uh, I didn't see anything mentioned about this, too, but she at least tried to stick with acting. So I don't mm-hmm. know if she did acting classes before the movie or not. But Could yeah, with uh, George Hardy, he just kind of fell into it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll say Connie Young, you know, she was wooden, she was like lacking emotion, her deliveries were really awkward and staged. Yeah, uh, and I think maybe some of the reason why she got some other acting jobs, like I said, I've only seen her in this, but I can only say that maybe the only other reason is that she had like that look of like an, like an early 90s like teenage girl that would be in a movie because she was attractive and she just kind of like fit into that, um, that template of what people were looking for back then. Most of her filming was in the middle two thousands. That's kind of funny. Yeah. So it was quite a bit later. I mean, she had one other movie in the nineties and then she had her longest stint in the two thousands. So, yeah. But what is kind of funny is that um, George Hardy apparently had uh, a stint. Well, actually, still a stint of acting after the documentary came out. Yeah. Because he did Troll 2 in 1990 and then did something with 2007. The documentary came out in 2009. And he's got a slew, nothing huge, but a slew of movies then from 2012 to 2020 now. So he's he's been active. Yeah, I can believe that. Just because this movie has such a cool following to it. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other like moments or quotes that really stand out to you? Well, well, before getting into quotes and everything, real quick, like acting wise, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, and this is, um. I remember us talking about it before, but I feel like a person who gets uh, 
overlooked is uh, Deborah Reed, who played the who played Credence. Yeah, like she was crazy. Yeah, um, dude, like her acting would have fit perfectly, like on stage. Yes, that is the first thing I thought of. I was just like, she must have a stage background because she's doing really good with portraying her emotions through her animated reactions expressions and and like body language and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I really felt like she had some kind of stage background. I don't see, I I don't see anything on IMDb as far as like if she did plays or stage production or anything. She only did one other actually acting performance. Uh, Funny enough, she was in the makeup department for dumb and dumber. (laughs) (laughs) that's worth worth mentioning but yeah she i felt like i mean okay in a movie full of bad acting when somebody does not so bad it's good yeah um she did relatively okay with the acting but i felt like she was a big part of the movie and the documentary didn't really highlight her I, for a little bit, thought maybe she had passed away or something. Yeah. Um, But she was in it, and the only time that I noticed that she was in it was when they had one of their big uh, viewings for the movie, and she was in the Q&A time, but they didn't talk to her, they didn't ask her anything, and I was just like, man, I, I thought she was a bigger character than some of the other people that they talked to. So Yeah, maybe maybe she just didn't want to be in it. Yeah, it's possible. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's the first thing I thought of too when I saw her this time. Um, paying a little more attention to things, that yeah, she definitely. It seems like she had to have had some like stage background. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another person I was thinking of, and now I just kind of I lost it. But, um, yeah, like you said, in a movie full of terrible acting, the stuff that's, like, would be terrible in other movies kind of shines a little bit brighter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that priest guy, too, like we said, like, he really embraced his character. And while it was as what we would label over the top, Mm -hmm. it was it was better to go over the top than not to go at all. Yeah. And uh yeah, he I mean he he was menacing enough as his character, so mm-hmm. um the last one I'll talk about is Margot Prey. Mm-hmm. The mom. What a yeah. wackadoodle that lady is. Dude, you know what who she reminded me of? <laughs> huh. She reminded me of uh Barney Stinson's mom. <laughs> yeah, looks wise for sure. Yeah. Um she is just, she is very strange and she shows up, you know, she's strange enough in the movie, but she shows up in that documentary too. And kind of the part at the end where they ask her like, you know, what would it take to get you to come to like the viewing of this movie and like do some Q and a, and she's like to be completely alone and away from society or something like that. And like, George Hardy and um, Michael Stevenson to play Mm -hmm. Joshua just kind of like look at each other and like, yeah, well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like big gulps, huh? (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> yeah, just very awkward. Very awkward lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to get into the trivia and facts? Because I had quite a bit for this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, go for it. I can imagine it's going to be a long one. So we talked about the acting in this. So the entire cast of this movie went to a casting call hoping to be extras, and they ended up getting the lead roles. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, so George Hardy, for his audition, all he did was act out his famous you can't piss on hospitality line in front of nine Italians who were just sitting there like smoking. None of them understood English. And George was told that he got the role partially because the Italians loved the energy he put into it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which, you know, good for him. I mean, he's a high energy dude. We, you can see from the documentary. Yeah. Just like a fun loving, genuinely nice guy. Um, so the director, uh, Claudio Fragasso and his wife, Rosalella Drudy. Mm-hmm. Um, they only spoke Italian at the time and then wrote the screenplay in very poor English. <laughs> so on the set, the actors suggested that they ad lib their lines to make the dialogue sound better. And Fragasso like forbade them from doing that. And all the lines had to be read as written. Uh, he also refused any help from the English speaking crew or cast. I don't, it doesn't make sense. And how did he know? Like, so he didn't speak it, but he could understand English or? I, I guess. Like he didn't, wasn't fluent in it, I guess. Hmm. Uh, so Judy, the, who wrote the script, uh, she wrote this after many of her friends turned to vegetarians. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. So, yeah, like this movie is very like anti-vegetarian. It pokes a <laughs> fun at it. Uh, so sticking with the director, uh, he's still angry about the movie's like poor reception. Mm-hmm. And you can see in the documentary that he crashed like the cast reunion Q and a, and like he heckled the cast while he was there and he got escorted out and he was still heckling the cast from the hallway and calling them liars and dogs. Yeah. As he answered fake questions like this guy's just a pompous douche. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I get that. I mean, there's, uh, it would be kind of tough to be a part of something where they're saying that something you did was terrible to a certain extent, you know? I mean, like the actors got it. Like they understood it. They're just like, dude, we did we did not do a good job. Like, it's cool that people are able to have fun with it and find it entertaining and have this huge movement behind it. But we mm-hmm. recognize that it's not good. Yeah. Now, I can totally understand that director would take it in a different way because they it's their movie. Yeah, it's like, his vision. Yeah, but also it's just like, dude, like, you did not set yourself up for success when you're not allowing feedback and you're bridging the the language barrier. I mean, any, (laughs) any American who goes over to another country trying to do the same thing would still like, would have the same thing. It would no, no offense to anyone who's done it, but I can't imagine any good movie has been made 
from an uh, an American director going outside the United States without an effective translation crew or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that when he started showing up in the documentary where I'm just like, man, he is. I don't know how he's going to receive this, so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, gosh. Uh, another thing about George Hardy is that he is actually a dentist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not an actor. Um, but yeah, he's still very much loves the fact that he is in that movie and that's where people recognize him from. Um, another thing I got here, the movie was shot in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me. Uh, let's see. I got. There's this. Jason Stedman was the guy who played um, Drew. Uh, in the movie, he wore a yellow shirt that had a, a logo on like the, the left chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in the first half of the movie because somewhere along the line, he lost the shirt. And instead of refilming all the scenes with a different shirt, the film crew told Sedman to go buy another yellow shirt. Um, they didn't give him any money. They didn't send anybody else to do it. He had to go do it himself, spend his own money on it. And then um, he brought it back and wore it for the rest of the movie. So there's a part where, you know, he's got a logo on a shirt and then he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, I really didn't even notice. Oh, no, I doubt anybody noticed, especially the first time watching it, because yeah. there's just so much nonsense. Oh, for sure. Um, so this movie was super low budget. It only had its budget was sixty five thousand dollars. Dang. <laughs> Which I mean, some people can make a good movie out of that. <laughs> so how like, did they not pay any of the actors? If they did, it was next to nothing. A yeah. lot of the money probably just went into the camera and the film cost. Uh, so the last one I got here is uh, Darren Ewing was the guy who played Arnold, where he slowly turns into a tree. Um, they actually, like, screwed his shoes into the the base of the tree pot. Those were his actual shoes. Um, they weren't ones that were given to him. Those are the ones he wore to filming. Um, and they made him like stand there without moving for 14 hours as they put the makeup on him. 14 hours straight of standing. Yeah. And then screw shoe to a pot. And then they talked about how he was complaining. Yeah. It's like, dude, you stand there for 14 hours then. Yeah, like my knees blow out by the time. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, and that is all I've got. Uh, we can get into grades. So I pulled from IMDb and from Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, just for laughs, you want to you do the Rotten Tomatoes one or is a critic and an audience score? Um, critic score is zero. <laughs> Close. The critic score is five percent. <laughs> um, the audience score twenty percent. Forty-four. 
Wow. Wow, I think wow. it's just because it has that cult following. Yeah, it's got to be that cult following. So IMDb, this Zero. I think this might be the lowest rated movie we have ever re- reviewed. Zero percent. Just three. Three. Oh, it's not percent by the way. It's points. I forgot. Yeah, three point wow, because even because even Rambo had a higher rating than that. Wow, three is still kind of high. <laughs> like honestly. <laughs> We could go much lower, is what you're saying. Well, I feel like they could have at least gone down. To, like, what are you going to put at one or two then? Right. I don't know what, even what the lowest rated movie is on IMDb. I might have to check that out and talk about it sometime. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to give your grade first? Or you want me to go first? Oh, man. Uh, go ahead and go first. <laughs> so, my enjoyment of this movie is like much like everybody else's that it's just so bad that it's great. Um, it was really a, a great movie to pick to do an episode on because there's so many things to talk about. Um, so many funny, awkward moments in it. There's really like more than even have time to talk about, but uh, you know, I've watched it, I think three or four times now. And every time I like pick up on new things that just make me laugh. Or, um, you know, I sit there waiting for, like, the, the funny lines. Like, uh, the piss on hospitality and the oh my god. And the double-decker bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Always makes me laugh. Uh, you know, and I'm just trying to give this movie a grade was kind of tough. Because there's so many, like, awesomely bad movies that... I really like, but I know that they're bad movies, so they're tough for me to grade. Miami Connection's one of those. Um, this one, you know, I wa- even though I've watched it four times, it's one of those movies you kind of have to be in the mood to watch just because it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, for that, I really can't give it a five. Uh, I guess I, really the, the highest I can give this movie is a three out of five. Okay. While it's you know while it's fun, like I said, you have to be in a movie in a mood for it, and you know it is painfully bad at times. <laughs> but I guess in a fun way, it's just I really had a hard time grading this. Yeah, you know, I'll even bump it up to a three point five just because I I do enjoy the movie. Okay, yeah, I'm. I totally get where you're coming from, and that's kind of why I had you go first because I'm I'm struggling too about it because I I didn't even really think about the grade because it is a bad movie, but it's entertaining too. Like that's why there's a cult following behind it because it's just like, it's so bad. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, usually from the aspect I, I look at it as just like, you know, I do my grades usually from, you know, will the average person like this or in the genre that's in how great is it? Um, I think that I'm going to have to go right down the middle of the road and give it a 2.5. I I was thinking about maybe going with a three, but it's just like, it's tough because it's bad, but it's still entertaining. Yeah. It's bad. It's funny and it's entertaining, but it's like, you know that it's not, a good movie. <laughs> yeah. It, 
is it the worst movie ever? No, some people call it that, but I, I've seen plenty worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think I've got to go with two point five instead of three because it's just like I so often talk about like, oh, would I recommend this to someone? You know, do I think the average person would enjoy it? And it's just like there's so many. It, the number of people that I would recommend this to plummets. Yeah. So fast from all the other, from so many of the other movies that we've watched because this mm. is such a niche movie. Oh yeah. So yeah, two, I think I'm I'm pretty solid at two point five because I'm also looking at the list of ratings and I look at the other movies that I've given, um, ones and twos, um, for scores. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with giving it a two point five because then um, <clears throat> the entertainment factor of how bad it is gives it a little bit bump above the other movies. Rock, you know who loves this movie? Conan O'Brien. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's one of his favorite movies. That's awesome. Uh, I remember on his show, um, I think it was when he was on the tonight show there for that little stretch before Jay Leno came back and screwed things up. Um, he was giving out movie suggestions. <laughs> this was one of them. I remember this and kill dozer was another one about a killer bulldozer. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's a, a big fan of this. Um, yeah. And I mean, the rest of the month, we're going to continue on with, some more awesomely bad stuff. And this was really like the best way I think to start this month. Oh yeah. And I feel troll too. Yeah. I feel kind of, I don't know if I would say bad, but there's just so much more that can be said. (laughs) Like we could make this easily turn this into our longest episode ever, but just, I don't know. I (laughs) watch it for yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Uh, if if you like bad movies, absolutely for sure. If you're just curious from everything that we just spit at you for an hour, then you you have to watch it, and you'll still even be more confused. Yeah, after you it's watch on the HBO movie. Max right now. If you guys want to check it out, if you guys have it, you know, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube somewhere or something. Yeah, that uh, it's got such a huge fan base that I'm sure. I say huge, but like huge cult wise. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, yeah, so stick around. We have that special message from George Hardy via cameo. Um, just kind of gives you like a little window of this guy's personality. It's funny. <laughs> um, and next week we will be covering another TV show episode. We are going to be talking about a TV show that I watched a fair amount as a kid (laughs) and it's not sure it's a super kid friendly show, but that's Baywatch. We're going to be talking about season six, episode 15 titled bash at the beach. So until then be kind and rewind. Hey, it's George Hardy from troll two and you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Brandon and Caleb. And my dog dog is barking. Maybe that's when I realize. Oh, there goes another one. Maybe. Ah, oh, hush, hush. Maybe that's when I realized that Troll Two was famous. Hey, you guys, Troll Two forever. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye bye.